guys doing this morning? Wow, you guys are doing that bad? I thought worship was way better than that. Hey, before we begin, I want to highlight November. Make sure I get this right. November 18th, we're going to have our annual miracle offering. And what this is, is the church, every single campus, we all get together and we go above and beyond and we pour into the kingdom of God and we sow into the church and then and we see wonderful, wonderful things happening. Uh, families getting cars and it, it just people just being blessed and opening new campuses and so many different things. But before I begin... Let's watch another quick, quick video. Just imagine what we could, each and every one of us, yes, we could do on our own. But if we come, come together united as a family and so and pour into the kingdom of God and watching, watching new campuses and, and watching people being reached for Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting. But I, I wanted to highlight that before I began our service. You'll hear more about it later in the next coming weeks. November 18th, November, November 18th will be our miracle offering. All right, I got a great message on my heart that God wanted me to share. Are you guys ready this morning? Okay, you're ready for it. All right, so it's entitled this, Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. But before I do, I want to recap a little bit as we're concluding our series called Ghost Stories. So we talked about with uh, Dr. Spencer, Pastor Spencer came, a video live stream with us. He talked about the supernatural church. Man, that was an amazing message talking about the, the church itself, globally, nationally, and locally. Man, we're not engaged in the supernatural as much as we probably should be. We're always fighting the, the flesh. We're always we're always was trying to engage in the natural, and he spoke on that. We also talked about essential oils, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit that each and every believer has, but that the, that the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit, was not just for our use and just for our purpose, but it was to flow onto other people. Can I get an amen this morning? And then we talked about one of my favorite subjects, divine healing. Man, I love divine healing because it's a promise of God. He says if you would lay hands on people, they would be delivered, and they would be set free and healed in Jesus' name. Not my name, not a preacher's name, not a church's name, but in Jesus' name, people would be healed. And we talked at length about healing, but today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and really get into a little bit. It's not going to be a super deep theological study, but I want to talk about some characteristics of the Holy Spirit that I think oftentimes, as a church, globally, we miss. We don't discuss this enough in the church. The Holy Spirit, the one that is with us, beside us, dwells within us. Can I get an amen? So here we go. So we're going to talk about some characteristics, but we need to understand before I begin, before I begin, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, but you also, to know him, to know the Holy Spirit, therefore you know Jesus, therefore you know God. If you know God, then you know, the, then you know Jesus. But maybe, just maybe, you're, you're like me this morning, and, and you grew up maybe not so much in a church background, and you, you, you know God. You've heard of God. You know Jesus, maybe in a different setting, if your family was anything like mine, maybe you heard the name Jesus in the wrong context when you were growing up. But, you, but now as an adult, you understand who Jesus is, the life of Jesus. But maybe, just maybe, we don't understand, or maybe you really don't know 
well, this is Holy Spirit thing you're talking about, Pastor. What do you, what do you mean there's a Holy What do you mean there's a comforter? What do you mean there's a, there's a helper for me this morning? Somebody's here right now that, that, that's going to help me through this struggle. Somebody's here right now that's going to walk me through this. My answer to you is yes. And that is the Holy Spirit. But we need to understand. Maybe you could think of it this way. You have a God who loves you. A lot of us can get that. We have a God in, in heaven who loves us, but he, he loves us so much that he didn't want to be separated from us forever. So he sent his one and only son, not another angel, not second show. The words are going to fall flat. But friends, I'm here to tell you, you've got the Holy Spirit. You are empowered and you have the authority from heaven through Jesus Christ acting through the Holy Spirit to move in this world wherever you stop. Whether it's Walmart, whether it's on the highway in Idaho at a stop sign. Man, wherever it is, wherever you stomp ground, the Holy Spirit is with you. I want everybody to say Holy Spirit this morning. I'm going to get you to talk a lot this morning because I am tired from this, this last weekend and I need some Holy Spirit. I need some coffee to kick in in Jesus' name. But let's pray. Father God, thank you. Lord, I just ask that you would just give me exponential energy. But most importantly, that you would anoint the words that were spoken this morning. Not one single person in this room came to listen to me speak. They came to hear your truth. God, would you speak to our hearts, our minds, souls, and spirits this morning. Lord, would you... Would you even just maybe make some mind, mind adjustments, some mind shifts this morning uh, in some of my areas of thinking this morning? God, would you remind us that you have sent your spirit to us to be a helper, a comforter, a provider for us, even in this time. It's not for the first century church, but God, it's the church of today. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, before I begin, I, I want to read out of this. It's really lengthy. I'm gonna, probably going to chop it up a bit for time's sake. But this is Baptist preacher called the Prince of Preachers. His name was Charles Spurgeon. Some of you may know who this is. Powerful preacher. And he's quoted in saying this. I know it is not easy to carry around in our, in our mind the idea of the Holy Spirit as a person. I can think of fa- the Father as a person because his actions are such that I can understand. I see him hanging I see him hang the world in space. I observe him wrapping the newly created oceans in darkness. I know it is he who formed the drops of hail, who determined the numbers of stars and called them by name. I am convinced of him as a person because I see his actions. Pretty powerful. I can comprehend Jesus, the Son of Man, as a real person because he is a bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. It takes no great stretch of my imagination to picture him in Bethlehem or to hold the man of sorrows acquainted with grief. I can understand this, but, but when I come to deal with the Holy Spirit, his actions are mysterious to me. His activities are so secret at times. His works are to be removed from everything that is familiar to our minds and our bodies and the natural. That I cannot easily grasp the idea of him being a person, but he is a person. God, the Holy Spirit, is not an influence or emanation or not a stream of something flowing from the Father, but He is as much as an actual person as either God or the Son in heaven. I want to read out of John chapter 14. This is where I'm going to hang my hat as Scripture. This is our main Scripture this morning. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version this morning. And the Bible says this. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. I want you to say helper this morning. That he may abide with you 
forever. That's important to know. He will abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, not a spirit of something else, but the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because that he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. If you're taking notes this morning, jot this down. The Holy Spirit is my helper. I want you to put your name instead of my, put your personalize it this morning. My helper. See, we see in scripture it says, and I will pray the Father, and, and he will give you another helper. See, I love that what this depicts of, of the Holy Spirit, a characteristic of the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit is a, a helper. The Holy Spirit is not a condemner. It, it's, I, I see this picture all the time where you get this little angel over here, and this little devil over here, and people thinking this is the concept of what the Holy Spirit is, but I'm here to set the, the truth straight. It's not a little thing that sits on your shoulder. It doesn't have wings. What it is, it's the Spirit of God that dwells beside you, that dwells inside you this morning, and it is a helper. Yes, conviction might come. Change might come in your life, but he's not going to condemn you. Condemnation comes from the devil. Correction and conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. There is a vast difference so the world's trying to mix these up like it's all one thing. I feel convicted. Preacher, why, why am I feeling convicted? That's, you're, con- you're condemning me. I, I'm not doing anything. But the conviction's good because the conviction brings about change if we're willing to walk it out. Say, man, sometimes I'm, it's not comfortable to look in the mirror. Even as a preacher, sometimes, you know, some, some actions or, or things or whatever, you know, we're, none of us are perfect and we find ourselves in a situation like, man, seriously. But we have that. Holy Spirit to lean on and say, you know what, man? Like you done messed up, A.A. Ron, but you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to be there. The Holy Spirit's not going to go anywhere. The Holy Spirit's not going to leave you and say, well, man, that looks really bad from over there. No, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And see, I'm going to butcher this so all the theologians in the house, I'm going to make you cringe, but I'm going to try this word in the Greek. Perikletos. Perikletos. Don't judge me, don't correct me, but most importantly, other than the Greek, simply because I just wanted to say the name this morning, it means this, called to one side. It's called to your side. The Holy Spirit is called from God to your side this morning to help you out. You struggling with finances? Talk to the Holy Spirit. You, You struggling in your marriage? Talk to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it might sound weird. People talk to themselves all the time. What do you mean that's weird? I see people in Walmart going, hey, Eric, what do you think? 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 And you think it's weird to talk to the Holy Spirit, but you're going to talk to yourself. I'm just, I, I, I don't know. But what I am saying is, he's called to your side. He's not just on your side. He's at your side. So what that tells me is that he's not just pleading for me, for my cause and my case, but he's right beside me, even right now, saying, all right. This is what I want you to say. This is, this is how I want you to talk to that person. Uh, this is what you need to make some adjustments and tweaks in, in your life, in your marriage, in your finances. Man, none of us are all that in a bag of chips. I'm saying we all need help. Right? Am I in the right place this morning? We all need help. We need help in different areas in our life. We fall short in so many different areas, but we can lean on the Holy Spirit. Man, maybe, maybe you're in that place. Where, man, you just doubt that God was there. God, where were you? I was struggling. I played the Powerball and I didn't win. Where were you? Uh, you and like three billion other people. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. But he's at our side. He's never left us. See, right now, you have the Holy Spirit as a believer. You have the Holy which you'll get to later if you don't have him. It, it, he's a helper. He's an advocate. He will plead your case and he will plead your cause. 
He's for you. He's on your side. He's not going to say, wow, you just messed up. I guess I'm going to have to leave for a while until you figure it out, until you get your fancy jeans on and get your hair right. That's not how he works. He doesn't go anywhere. As a believer, when you receive Jesus, you receive the gift, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God that empowers you, that anoints you, so you can move powerfully wherever you step foot, that you know that God's, His Spirit is walking with you this morning. He is with you. Oh, you need that healing? He is with you. He hasn't forsaken. He's not going anywhere. But see, one of the biggest tools the enemy will try to use is isolation. Oh, that addiction, man. You can be struggling with that forever. Oh, that mistake. Man, God, oh, God sees your sin. He can't even look at you this morning. But see, the enemy is trying to pull you away this morning. He's trying to say, oh, you're, you, you've done too much. You've done messed up too much. You've sinned too much. You're not covered. Where's your help at? You're struggling. You're in that situation again. Where's your help? Don't listen to that voice. Because the voice that's screaming out, I am here to help you, son or daughter, what do you need? Just lean on me. And that's the Holy Spirit. And that's the voice we need to be listening to this morning. Not the voice of condemnation. Not the voice of isolation. Because what I love, what I love about God is in a group of 99, or a group of 100 rather, he would leave all 99 just to chase after the one. Man, I don't know about you, but when that, when that, those words and that song, it really doesn't have a whole lot of meaning until you're the one. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you're, everybody, oh, it looks good over there. Man, those Christians, they got it all figured out. But here I am. God, do you see me? Do you care? I messed up, man. Do you even see, do you hear me? But he would leave the 99, the ones that are saved. He would leave them, and he would come. Not condemn you, not say, look at your sin. This is son or daughter, I love you. Would you just grab a hold of my hand this morning? I can take you out of that mess. I can take you out of my, I know you don't understand how that's even possible. How am I going to get out of prison? How am I going to get out of this addiction? Just reach out and I'll guide you every single step of the way. But you need to understand that God knew we needed a helper. Man, I don't know if you're anything like me, you, you make mistakes. Bad decisions, man. You thought they were good, and man, they were not so good. But we need to lean on the Holy Spirit more. I think as a generation, man, we need to lean on Him in a powerful way. Say, Lord, what do I do? I mean, I I know some, and I've said this a few times uh, last Sunday, but really what separates, I think, some of the powerful men and women of God that you see preaching and speaking upon crowds of tens of thousands of people, what separates them is they're obedient almost to a fault. When the Holy Spirit says, sir, ma'am, you need to go, man, they're, they're, like, they're already in motion and they're moving. They're not questioning. They're not doubting. They're not fearing to the point where it controls them and they can't move. I'm not saying they're not human. They are. We're all human. We all deal with insecurities and doubt and fear and all this other stuff. But they move anyway, knowing that they have the Holy Spirit with them as a helper. They're not just walking out into the abyss of unknown. They're walking into maybe the unknown, but they're walking with somebody, and that somebody is the Holy Spirit of God. Can I get an amen this morning? But see, the old people had to contend for the law. But now in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit contends for each and every one of us this morning. It's powerful. But see, with the Holy Spirit, I I love this. I'm a very visual guy. It's like when you receive Christ, 
God puts a stamp on your life. And what that stamp is, it seals your salvation, yes. But with that comes with a gift. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. You don't get a choice. The helper's there for you. Once you receive Jesus, you have a helper that's there for you. Every single step of the way this morning. Next, I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit as our abider. I want everybody to say abide this morning. It says that he may abide with you forever. See, I believe that this is one of the most powerful overlooked words in Scripture, particularly speaking of the Holy Spirit, that we're not talking about as a church. Man, we talk about God. We talk about Jesus. All vastly important. You can't be saved without Jesus Christ, right? But we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. We don't talk about the after, the the empowerment and the authority that we have walking on this earth, that demons would flee, people would be set free and healed in Jesus' name. But we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But the the abider, the abide literally means this. I love this. means preserve, endure, remain, and hold on to you. See, it doesn't matter the decisions you make. Once you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit's there beside you, inside you, which will dwell within you, which we'll get to later. But what I'm saying is here, no matter how far away you drift away into, excuse me, into the darkness and making bad choices, the Holy Spirit's not going, well, you're making bad choices. I guess you're just going to go on your way. I'll be here waiting on you when you come back. No, the Holy Spirit is hanging on to you this morning and saying, I don't care what you're walking through. If you would just listen to me and you would draw closer to me, I can get you out of this mess in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit ain't going anywhere. It's with you. He's preserved, endure. I love that, an endure word. Sometimes you need to endure through our mess. Man, you don't know anything about my background. Before I knew Jesus, man, that whole, had to endure. Like, all right, eventually this kid's going to turn around. I don't know what's going on with this kid. He's going to figure this out. Endure, remain. I just, I just love this. It doesn't matter what you're walking through right now. But see, I hear so many Christians say, well, my strength in my walk with God is because I hold on to God with a firm grasp. Well, that may be true, but what's more important is that the Holy Spirit is actually the one that's grasping and holding on to you this morning, saying, will you just listen to me? I hear you petition. I hear you pray, but will you listen? You hear us say this all the time, man. You pray for 10 minutes, but you better be listening. He has so much to say to this generation. He has so much to say to the five-year-olds. I, I hear my daughter speak and, and asking, like she's having these conversations. She's talking to the Holy Spirit. I love it. And I would never squash that. Although the, word might, the world might think it's weird. Oh, she's drinking the Kool-Aid or I don't know what parents are doing. But she's listening. She's taking the time to sit down and listen. She doesn't have the distractions of, oh, I'm hungry. I can't wait about pizza and, and the World Series and, and what's going to happen next and the laundry and all these things that we wrap our minds around. She can just sit there and listen. And it's amazing. All the stuff that's said to our young kids that we as adults miss because we simply weren't listening. We talk about the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, Peyton, I'm filled with the Spirit. So what is, she, what is he saying to you, Dad? Wow. we got to listen more. We have two ears, one mouth. we got to listen. Even in this moment, I feel like there's some people that are just not willing to take the step. Man, you receive Christ. You know that you've got the Holy Spirit inside you, working on your behalf, but you're not taking the next step. You're not moving into this ministry. You're not moving into the next career. You're not willing to take what you would perceive as a chance. But what we would perceive as a chance, God's telling you it's an opportunity this morning. That's for somebody this morning. 
that chance, that risk that you thought it was, I'm telling you here this morning from God's lips, (laughs) it's an opportunity for you to walk in this morning. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to highlight you, but I just believe in Jesus' name that you'll be able to take that step. But he's been given to remain in you, to preserve with you. Man, maybe you were hurt in pain, angry. Maybe at the church and church people. Hurt people hurt people. Doesn't matter if they're a Christian or not. Doesn't matter how big or small their church is. People still get hurt. But you have to understand something. When we come to church, we don't serve a pastor. We don't come for the pastor. We don't come for the coffee. If you drink their coffee, praise you. I, I don't like the coffee here, but I'm a latte guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> but you're here because you have a relationship or you're desiring a relationship with God. People are going to hurt you. People are going to come and go. But you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is not going anywhere. So if you're doubting that this morning, I just want to remind you, he's not gone. You might not sense it. You might not get the holy goosebumps. But he is with you right now this morning. See, I, I love this. Just crazy to think that God would love us, pursue us. He would chase us. Even if we run away, he is chasing after you. You're running in the wrong direction. He's still chasing after you. Francis Thomas, he was an English poet. He was coined to saying this, the hound of God, or the hound of heaven, I should say. What a powerful, if you're a word picture person like me, man, powerful imagery that is. The hound of God just chasing after you with everything, every resource at his disposal, which is everything, chasing after just you. In a crowd, if you feel lost in a church crowd, or lost in a work crowd, or lost in a family crowd, he's seeking you individually because he loves you and he earnestly wants a relationship with you this morning. He's our abider. May have drifted away parents, grandparents that have children, grandchildren that are drifting away from God this morning. I I got this just this morning, and I want to encourage you in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Many of you know the scripture. It says, direct your children onto the right path, and when you are older, they will not leave it. They will not leave it because we're seeing this generation with basically essentially new testimonies. They knew God. They grew up in the church and they drifted away because of hurt, because they felt isolated, because of the pain, because they felt condemned. But the Holy Spirit's still there. Doesn't matter what they walk through in life. Doesn't matter if it took them 30 years to come back. The scripture, God made a promise to his people. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they get older, they will return, and they will return intact with the Holy Spirit by their side. Can I get an amen this morning? So right now, Jesus, anybody that is praying for children, children that have fleed or or distanced themselves from the church, but more importantly, distanced themselves from you, God, would you bring them home? We pray that you would bring them home in Jesus' name and then have the Holy Spirit. Even right now, would you speak to those children and grandchildren? God, bring revelation to their life. God, that they would come home in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If that's for you, I just pray for you. The Holy Spirit is our indweller. You can write that down. The Holy Spirit is our indweller. He's saying, Pastor, you were just talking about the Spirit. I get it. The Spirit is with us. He's a us. He's an abider. But I want you to catch this. See, he says, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Sounds weird. 
You say, Pastor, you already talked about this. But see, abide and dwell, abide with and dwell within are radically different things. We all face battles outside, don't we? People, circumstances, situations, work, Walmart, whatever it is. We all face battles outside, don't we, that people can see. People can help you. God will bring mentors into your life, pastors into your life, people to speak life into you in Jesus' name. But what about the inside? What about the fear, the doubt, the insecurities? What about the inner thoughts? What about some checks that need to be made in my heart because my heart's not right towards a certain group of people or a certain uh, uh, mindset or a certain person? Where does that come from? Where does the help come within? It's the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit, man. I can't live a day without him because he's on side of me. He's like a brother. He, he doesn't go anywhere, but he dwells within me. He knows those thoughts you're thinking right now, thinking, Pastor, those are too tight of jeans. He hears you. Yeah, a lot of you are thinking that. Okay. <laughs> but he knows, your, he knows your heart. He knows your thoughts, and he's trying to have a dialogue and conversation with you. He's trying to set things and try to set you on the right path. But you need that person on the inside, the inside man for insecurities. Man, we all got insecurities. Get up on stage. I know this is going to blow your mind, but I have stage fright. Incredible stage fright. But because I lean on the Holy Spirit, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But perceptions, doubts. Man, if you've never doubted with faith, or with other things, you're not human. And if that's you, I'd like to talk to you because, you know. But we need the inside, man. We need somebody that can really only truly, truly know us. Truly know the deepest, darkest insecurities, hurt, pain, struggles, the things that we deal with. But I'm here to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit is listening and is available to you. If people would call on his name. He would move on your behalf, I promise you. More importantly, God promises you that. But I want to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, don't you realize that all, all of your together, all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Your body is literally the temple in which the Holy Spirit dwells. Each and every one of you, omnipresent God. The Holy Spirit is inside each and every one of you this morning. I want you to get that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? It was a gift given to you by God. Not by somebody else. Not by a great preacher. Not by a great movement. But it was given to you by God and God alone. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. Paid a ransom, some scripture says, some ransom for you with this, the blood of Jesus. So you must honor God with your body. And then we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. And what union can there be between God's temples and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will live in them and walk among them. Isn't that powerful? He will live in you and he will walk among you. Not just in the good times or the celebrations where things are going good, but in the very deepest, darkest moments of your life when you're, somebody you, that you love is hanging on for dear life or you lose somebody in your life, he is with you forever and ever and ever. Somebody need to hear that this morning. I will be their God 
and they will be my people. Man, relationship, not religion, that's a relationship. Therefore, come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch the filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I want you to catch this, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters. It didn't say slaves. It didn't say minions. It didn't say robots. It says sons and daughters. That's relationship. That's what he desires. Everything he does is attached to people and relationship with his people. And it says on, says the Lord. But see, the world is either possessed by devils or possessed by the Holy Spirit. People are either possessed. This is going to be awkward and uncomfortable for maybe. I don't know. But there's not one place on earth where they're physical and the body or on, on earth that is unoccupied. Everything is occupied. It's either heavenly occupied or it's occupied by Satan and demons and people walking around in the community. You know people that are sp- filled with the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit, we can discern these things. We can see these things. But you also know and see people that are tormented that are wrapped up in things, that this have this habitual cycle. Well, my parents and my grandparents were in prison, so I guess I'm going to have to be. Mindsets, oppression, depression, all the things that are not of God, but from the enemy. But there is no place unoccupied. That's why it's so important that we, that we did the Harvest Fest, because we came into occupied territory of the enemy, and we're staking claims saying, no longer in Jesus' name, the city of Call will be one for Christ. All 51,326 people. Yes, I have it memorized, because it's that important, because those numbers represent, represent lost people. Represent lives, represent children, grandchildren, brothers and sisters. Those represent people that represent veterans, that represent different parts of the community that desperately need to be reached. Man, I pray next year we reach 15, 25, until we reach all 100% of the city of Caldwell for Jesus. But no, no sake about it. We don't fight in the flesh. As Paul says, we fight in the spiritual realm. We must pray for the people that aren't here. We must pray over our city. We must pray over our brothers and sisters in here, in this church. It's comfortable and easy to do in a church because we're all like mine. We're all in unity and praying for one another, laying heels and getting prayed up and Holy Spirit and great worship, great message. But, man, it's something else to do it in Walmart. It's something else to do it in your workplace. It's something else to do it in the coffee shop. I'm not saying you got to take a Bible and slap it on the, on the stage and you will go to hell, son, if you do not have Jesus Christ in your life. What I'm saying is you need to love people. And recognize that you were that messed up once. Man, I don't care. Some people came in here and like, I might not have dressed like that. I might not have looked at it like that. But man, I tell you what, I was just as jacked up as that fool was. Doesn't make a difference. That's what I'm talking about. What we see is not actually what's going on. What kind of internal struggle, what kind of battle is that person going through? That they're tormented to the place that where they're doing those things and where they're dressing like that. Just saying. But there is no unoccupied territory. There's none. But in Jesus' name, we're staking a claim. We stake the claim here in this building when this was a nightclub. And they were dancing for the devil in here, drinking it up, doing all kinds of drugs. But now people are dancing for Jesus in Jesus' name. That's the difference. But it takes a unity. It takes a body. Arm can't do a whole lot just by itself. Foot will just walk around and hobble around by itself, right? We need the whole body. If you're the hands, reach out. If you're the feet, you need to move. If you're the heart, you need to love. If you're the eyes, you need to see. Come on, if you've got a tongue, you need to pray for people. This is how we're going to reach our community in Jesus' name. But we need the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own accord. 
It ain't going to be Pastor Eric. It's not going to be leadership. It's not going to be volunteers. But it's going to be us allowing the Holy Spirit to use us in a powerful way. Everybody that came in here, they got ministered to. They got loved on. But there was a seed planted in their life that's going to be with them. And we just continue to pray as a family that they will come into a relationship with Jesus. Not a religion, not religious people, but a true relationship with a God that loves them so much that he would send his one and only son and he would deposit the Holy Spirit to help them. And then finally, I want you to get this. The, the Holy Spirit is our adopter. I want you to say adopter this morning. I want to read out of that, the, the main scripture one more time just to grasp this. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Such a beautiful imagery of the visual trinity at hand in this scripture. God in his fullness making us his own, an adoption. See, through Jesus, the son, who is speaking in this passage, the father in heaven giving us the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost that some of you, but making us his own possession. I don't want us to lose this, but I want to ask you this question. Who makes a son to be his son by adoption? The Father. And the natural and then the spiritual. The Father is who one who reaches out to us. You're mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. We're not minions, we're not slaves, we're not robots. We're co-heirs with Christ. We are sons and daughters of God. And we have that personal relationship and we have that helper. But that spirit of God, that Holy Spirit is a sign of that sonship and daughtership in our lives. We see in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. And it says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You did not receive the spirit of fear in your life. But you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. See, and what I love about this phrase, Abba, Father, we hear it a lot. But you notice that in this, in, in this particular passage, you, you didn't hear him say, O sufficient creator who seeth all. As we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa. I, I don't know if you like me. I have, a, I have an eight-year-old daughter. Maybe some parents and grandparents in the house will understand this. But when your kid... It's tugging on you, especially at a young age, tugging on you and saying, Daddy, Daddy, Papa, Papa, just melts your heart. There isn't anything he wouldn't want to do for you. There isn't fa- enough favor of blessings and things that he wants to pour out on you. But I want you to understand, but when we come to our, on our knees like that, and we tug on his, on his robe, if you will, say, Father, Daddy, Papa, he hears you. And he responds, because that is the father that I serve. That is the father of our God in heaven, who loves us so much that he wants, to, he wants us to come like children. Daddy, 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 when you got something exciting to share, or daddy, I need comfort. I hurt my leg. I mean, they're screaming around like it's like an open wound, and it's like a scratch, but it's okay, I love you, I'll comfort you. But that's who we have by our side, is that comforter. That, 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 that loving arms, but Papa, but that also speaks to a personal relationship. If you talk to God in a, in a professional way, that's okay. But when you get to that place where you can talk to him like, hey, Dad. <laughs> I mean, I have that reverence. I have that respect. And that's not what I mean. I mean, 
Dad, I need you. I, I did something, or I need some, I need some guidance in that area. So, son, I have sent you the Holy Spirit, my spirit. If you would listen, I've got plenty to say in that matter. If his people would listen, if his people would listen, he has so much to say. And you say, well, is he the creator? Yes. Absolutely. Is he the author and finisher of our faith? Yes. Is he powerful and omnipresent? Yes. But he desires so much to have a relationship with us that he would send Jesus Christ to die in our place. Not just for our sin, but for you. Specifically you. So you could have a relationship with your Father in heaven. He knows you. But I want to give you an opportunity right now in this moment to truly know him. And you ask, Pastor, as I close this morning, what do you, okay, Holy Spirit, I get the concept now. But how do I, how do I receive that gift? How do I receive the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked. Great question. If you look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says this. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. You've heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And I want you, to, I want you to highlight this. It says, and when you believe, when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. You're desiring the Holy Spirit in your life, the helper in your life, somebody to be abide with you, somebody to dwell within you. It comes through Jesus first. It comes through an intimate relationship. Simply accepting Jesus, the gift of God, God sends his spirit to you. Amen? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, rather than talking in theological and biblical terms, I want to break it down simple for you this morning. If you need to have a relationship with Jesus, if you, if you desire that, if you desire the, the Holy Spirit, if you desire the abider, if you desire the helper in your life, it comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. Maybe you've never accepted him in your life. But you know what? Maybe, just maybe, you straight away, you made some mistakes, and you're on the wrong path, and the Holy Spirit's getting a hold of you, and you want to set things right and turn back to God. 